Welcome to Federal Insights for December, sponsored by Red River. Welcome and thanks for joining us. My guest today is Sebastian Shakir, security architect at Red River. How are you, Sebastian? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Well, you know, if you go to Google and talk about uh, IoT devices, there's all kinds of numbers out there, billions and millions. But the one I like is that there'll be 30 billion devices by 2020. Now, that's just around the corner. That's not far away. And, and what I've seen over the years is that if the commercial world is using product A, the government's using it. So if the commercial world is all involved in IoT devices, it's going to be reflected in the federal market as well. So from the perspective of a federal IT professional, what are the big trends you see in, in cybersecurity with all these IoT devices? Yeah, I mean, to your point, you know, we're going to see rapid adoption of IoT technology um, in the marketplace uh, over the next couple of years. And I think that as um, those new pieces of technology are adopted, they're going to move closer and closer to critical processes, um, so supporting different aspects of the um, of the mission. And I think with uh, those devices moving closer to those critical systems and processes, they're going to increase the uh, organizational risk of these agencies um, quite dramatically. So along those lines, I think we're, we're going to see um, you know, new threats that are more IoT-related, and we're also going to see more regulation around IoT adoption. Uh, and that was going to push um, you know, new capabilities from a vendor, from a vendor landscape perspective, um, as well as uh, we may see some consolidation in the IoT marketplace as uh, IoT vendors um, you know, sort of adapt to these new security requirements or exit the market because of the new security requirements. 20 years ago, uh, wireless was brand new, and the same thing happened. All kinds of proposed solutions, wireless this, A, B, and C, and uh, after a few years, they started working with standards and regulations, and things got a lot easier. I think this might be the future for this whole idea of cybersecurity and IoT. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, with uh, increased risk comes increased regulation. And uh, at, at the end of the day, what we're trying to do is, you know, secure these environments that are innovating through IoT adoption. Well, you know, earlier I talked about 30 billion connected devices and, and pundits and experts try to guess on that. But in doing the research for this interview, I found out there are actual real-world malicious actors in the area, and some claim 200,000 and 300,000 infected IoT devices right today. Yeah, and that's, um, you know, we've seen a resurgence of uh, botnets in the last several years that are more IoT focused. They're specifically targeting IoT devices that are connected to the network um, to take control of them and then leverage those same devices in subsequent attacks. So well, it's, uh, you know, we saw Mirai last year. Um, you know, we have several new ones this year, and um, we're only going to see more of these in the future. So um, Krebs on security talks about this Satori, it sounds like a Japanese, S-A-T-O-R-I. So this is a botnet of IoT devices that can threaten the federal government? Uh, definitely. I mean, essentially what uh, cyber criminals are doing are building botnets so that they can resell um, the use of the botnets to launch attacks. Um, because at the end of the day, this is a business for them. So they're approaching it and they're using the vulnerabilities that are inherent in IoT devices to build out their attack capabilities. So this is botnet as a service. Exactly. Get your credit card out and attack Bitcoin, a company yeah. or a federal government. Wow. Definitely. Uh, now, when I think of IoT devices, you know, my refrigerator may have something on it or, or my sister may have a, a sensor on her watering system in her yard. And, you know, but if I had an IoT device on my pacemaker, all of a sudden it gets existential. It gets real. It's a real threat, isn't it? So, so a lot of the focus has been on medical devices. Is that right? 
Yeah, and I, and and I believe that you know if we think of how those devices are used, they're in very close proximity to humans, right? And they're um, delivering uh, medical care, whether that's an infusion pump or an MRI or, um, like you said, a pacemaker that the that the person has, and so that's where the real risk comes from from a personal threat standpoint. So if um, if you look at hundreds of thousands of IoT devices out there now, more and more in the future, and a potential threat to our listeners. So what is a correct strategy for um, preventing some of these attacks? What is the, the general approach? I mean, the, the general approach, I think, is to evaluate um, the security posture or profile of IoT devices as they're being purchased, right? Um, you know, so that organizations have a good understanding from, from the start of uh, how this device and its associated uh, vulnerabilities will affect the organization. I think the other thing to consider too is that as these devices are being incorporated into critical business processes or manufacturing, healthcare, uh, industrial control systems, that um, you manage the security for those devices across the device's lifecycle. So understanding, um, you know, what vulnerabilities it has on day one, and keep up um, with maintaining mitigations for those vulnerabilities over time. And that le- sort of leads into the overall problem with IoT security right now as far as um, vendor support and the regulations around their use and development. Yeah, it's it's a system now that it, you could use the word federated. It's just that everyone is playing their own little game. In other words, if you have a Maytag device, I imagine your home, you would communicate with other Maytag, but, but not with uh, the sprinkler system or something. And so you have different systems that don't interoperate. Yeah, I mean, most of the IoT technology that's being developed is um, sort of um, utility focused in, in the sense that, you know, the manufacturers aren't necessarily all developing uh, comprehensive security programs around um, the development and the life cycle of that device. Um, to your point, you know, um, you have you have an IoT device embedded in your refrigerator or your washing machine, your car even. Um, and in some cases, you know, these network connected devices are developed using very cheap um, uh, hardware. You know, the application development is, is done very rapidly, and so they're they're not being developed in a um, secure manner. Um, when we start using the IoT technology to assist with driving or control industrial control systems or manufacturing plants or again like infusion pumps, that's where the real risk. Uh, can be exposed because now you have this device that wasn't developed with security in mind from the get-go doing critical things in our daily lives. And so we established the fact that there are millions of IoT devices out there and growing every day, and then Red River has an approach to take and try to solve some of the problems. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, the our approach really is around um, providing holistic security capabilities for, for IoT adoption. And, you know, what does that mean? Um, what we've identified from a, from a security standpoint or, you know, what's sort of known around, um, you know, the IoT problem is we have lots of uh, older IoT devices that are already um, incorporated into organizations, whether that's uh, healthcare, uh, building automation controls, um, thing, things like that. And the issue is that we have these systems that may not be supported, that are regulated by the FDA in some cases about how they can be patched and managed. And so organizations are struggling to understand how they can secure these devices when they can't control them in the way that they would a normal uh, workstation or, or server in their environment. My guest today is Sebastian Shakir, security architect, Red River. I'm your moderator, John Gilroy, on securing IoT devices in government. 
sponsored by Red River on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. Hmm. Oh, boy. Better get Steve on the line. I think we have a hacker. Red River reimagines the possibilities of technology. With over 20 years' experience helping federal agencies and commercial enterprises strengthen their security posture, Red River has the expertise and solutions required to identify and remediate security risks to the data and systems that enable your mission. Today's security decisions aren't black and white. Think red. Visit redriver.com to learn more. Welcome back to Securing IoT Devices in Government. Sponsored by Red River on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. My guest today is Sebastian Shakir, security architect, Red River. I'm your moderator, John Gilroy. Let's get back to IoT devices and the federal government. You know, a lot of debate, debates in the federal government now about cybersecurity. Should it be uh, on the edge? Should it be in the network? Should it be uh, in the data center? So, Sebastian, from your perspective, all these hundreds of thousands of IoT devices on there, wh- where should the security reside? I, so, IoT security really should employ a defense in depth strategy, which starts during development of the product. But most of the government organizations aren't really involved in that um, portion of uh, development. So really, it comes down to implementing um, security when the device is uh, procured so that we understand um, how it measures against the organizational security policy, um, the point where it connects to the network, and it needs to extend all the way through to where the data is stored, processed, and viewed. And the security operations of the organization need to also be extended to cover IoT devices so that uh, the different Um, departments and organizations can maintain visibility and control over those uh, IoT devices. And a large part of that strategy um, that we've developed in our um, device isolation architecture is through network segmentation and isolation. I would imagine that if an agency is listening to this now and and wants to get serious about mobile device security or IoT security, they start off with maybe doing a, a survey of what's on their network. Some people call this passive device profiling. Is that right? Yeah, so it really comes down to asset management and one of the core um, IT con- uh, you know, sort of disciplines. But what we really need to do before we can secure an environment is understand what is connected to the network. And once we understand what's connected to the network, we need to understand um, what vulnerabilities it have and, and what it, vulnerabilities it has and what um, behavior it's exuding so that we can take control of it. I would imagine that would include location. Definitely. So uh, in our solution, we help identify what the assets are down to the manufacturer, the serial number. And then we also correlate that with the location of the device so that um, we can update asset management systems in real time and make better decisions um, about, uh, you know, security response when a threat is detected. So let's say we have a perfect world and, and an agency decides to use your solution. They have a survey. They know every device on the network and they have a pretty good idea of where they're located. So, so good. We're in good shape. Now what happens? Where does your solutions fit in this process now? Sure. So once we have context about what's on the network, uh, who is using those devices and what the devices are doing, we could then turn that context into um, segmentation or micro-segmentation policy, which is really about reducing the attack surface of those devices, reducing the number of um, possible ways that device can communicate, and subsequently reducing the number of potential attack vectors um, a threat actor could use to attack the device. 
So the big picture is uh, look at your uh, mission, the objective of your agency. That includes cybersecurity profile, cybersecurity IoT devices, good. Next step is maybe set up some kind of a survey, identify, classify, and, and possibly register every device in there so you know what's going on. Uh, so now we got a good system. So what happens if a malicious actor comes in? What, what's the approach? You have a new product for this, I think. Yeah, definitely. So um, our solution combines machine learning and um, data analytics to understand both um, signature-based types of uh, type of attacks or detections, as well as behavioral-based attacks that may not um, use known signatures or known pieces of malware. So what we do is we look at the behavior of a class of devices. Let's say in a healthcare environment, it would be um, infusion pumps within an organization, and we look for deviations in behavior. Then based off of our context that we created at the beginning, one of one part of which is um, system classification as it, as it su- supports the mission, so understanding if something is high, medium, or low priority, we can actually take that information and use it as part of our response. So when we detect something, we can automate uh, taking an action. That could be isolating the device. Is that right? Exactly. So um, it's the difference you know, the, the response is really the difference between knowing whether something is a kiosk in a common area or a surgical robot in an OR suite. If we have the mission classification, we can take action. One of one of the actions could be isolation for that uh, kiosk. The other one could be just raising an alert because this division, device is mission critical and we can't take it offline. From a federal perspective, what about uh, authentication and authorization? Where does that fit in the process here? Definitely. So in our solution, what we're doing is we're authenticating all the devices to the network. So uh, unknown devices, unregistered devices, unauthorized devices are being kept off the network. And then once the device is authenticated, so we know what it is and where it is, then we can pl- apply specific authorization profiles, which govern the segmentation policies that get implemented. And so that policy could be attached to the device. For example, I'm thinking of a IoT device in a refrigerator. Who cares? But an IoT device could be a phone, and it could move from hospital to hospital or building to building. So what happens in that type of situation? Definitely. And that, that's a great point. So because our uh, solution is fully automated, the security profile that is assigned to a specific device follows it as it tra- travels throughout the network. And that's um, device mobility is a critical aspect of uh, or a critical challenge in the healthcare space now. Yeah. If, as a matter of fact, IoT devices are small and portable, they're going to be moving. So you have to incorporate that into the solution, don't you? Definitely. Well, great. My guest today is Sebastian Shakir, security architect, Red River. I'm your moderator, John Gilroy, on securing IoT devices in government. Sponsored by Red River on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. Oh boy, better get Steve on the line. I think we have a hacker. Red River reimagines the possibilities of technology. With over 20 years experience helping federal agencies and commercial enterprises strengthen their security posture, Red River has the expertise and solutions required to identify and remediate security risks to the data and systems that enable your mission. Today's security decisions aren't black and white. Think red. Visit redriver.com to learn more. Welcome back to Securing IoT Devices in Government, sponsored by Red River on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. My guest today is Sebastian Shakir, Security Architect Red River. I'm your moderator, John Gilroy. When you know, Sebastian, we've talked about the number of IoT devices out there in the federal government as well. We've talked about structuring a secure network to control those. So what happens if there's attack? 
What does Red River have to offer to help our listeners in case they get attacked from an IoT device? Definitely. So as I've mentioned before, you know, the, the IoT challenge really comes down to visibility and control. So Red River has developed a um, device isolation architecture, which we're, we've termed XDIA. And essentially what it does is it gives customers the visibility they need to f- take control and control to reduce the attack surface of the IoT devices, as well as take control of um, events once a security incident is detected. Really what we're trying to do is give context and control to shrink the time between detection and response. We've built that using um, commercial off-the-shelf uh, products that are, most of our customers already have, and therefore we can uh, maximize existing investments that are already in place. We combine that with our design, engineering, and delivery teams to deliver this as a turnkey solution or as a service for many of our customers. So the DIA stands for Device Isolation Architecture. That's right. And the X stands for anything. Because if you think about what we're trying to do here, IoT is the focus right now, but the same concepts apply to regular IT assets as well. So what good would this be unless there was continuous monitoring involved? I mean, I mean, this is the, the other half of the coin, isn't it? I mean, you have to monitor continuously to find the intrusion. Exactly. So our solution um, provides continuous monitoring in number of on a number of levels. You know, first of all, we're looking at real-time data on the network so we can understand when um, assets are taken onto or off the network. We can identify when new vulnerabilities um, are, are released and we can detect them on, on the, the endpoints. We can also continuously detect changes in behavior that would be indicative of an attack. And we can also bubble all this information up to the critical stakeholders in real time. So they get the alerts um, presented to them um, immediately. And we can also map continuous compliance with the NIST RMF using that same machine data so that customers can always demonstrate and validate where they're complying with the RMF and take corrective action um, pretty quickly. Let me say the obvious here. Today's federal networks aren't static. They're not a snapshot because it's changing every day. We could have 10 new devices in the next hour someplace remotely. And so what has to happen, there has to be continuous monitoring because new vulnerabilities could exist in, in new devices that are on the network. Yeah, definitely. And vo- I mean, you bring up a good point about vulnerabilities because one of the challenges with IOTs is that, with IOT in general is that uh, we can't um, use traditional vulnerability management tools that require active scanning or reaching out and touching that device to interrogate it because oftentimes we'll kick the device off the network and make it unavailable. So a key portion of our solution is integrating passive vulnerability detection. So looking at traffic going to and from those devices to identify vulnerabilities. The benefit of doing that passively is that it's occurring all the time as opposed to what most organizations are doing now where they're only running vulnerability scans you know, once a week or once a month even. Yeah. So we talked about continuous monitoring, uh, network access, network behavior, and vulnerabilities. Are these the key features that make this such a strong IoT security solution? Uh, Definitely. I mean, like I said, it really comes down to uh, visibility and context and subsequent control. And so what our solution uh, provides all of those capabilities to the customers so that they can um, identify assets, um, identify vulnerabilities, and respond to threats in a timely manner. So the timely matter seems to be important. So um, would these threats be locked down at the edge? I imagine this would be, a, a, from an architecture perspective, this would be isolate the device at the edge before it even gets a chance to get into the network. Uh, definitely. So we have multi-layered uh, controls. Um, we, we put um, 
you know, threat detection capability sort of at the boundary, as you're referring to the network edge. But then we also implement micro-segmentation um, within this, the common network segments that the IoT devices are attached to. So that if uh, something, uh, you know, passes through the perimeter threat defenses, we can um, secure the devices through segmentation at the lowest level. It sounds like a very dynamic, flexible system taking advantage of so many changes every hour. So what you're, what you're telling me is that you can actually, or Red River can actually establish a profile for each device and its location on the network and monitor its location's geographic change. Definitely. So, I mean, the authorization policies or, or the security profile that gets attached to the device, like I said before, follows that device where it is uh, throughout the network. And as the security posture or the behavior of that device changes, the security profile can change as well. So a, a good example would be um, if I had a contractor that was on the network and at first um, they, they had a, a clean security posture and were allowed on, but then we noticed um, some uh, malware activity we could automatically change the security posture of that device and either quarantine it or restrict its access. Like maybe we're going to deny it access to the internet. All that happens dynamically. And, and what's amazing, it's not some man or woman sitting in an office in New Hampshire. This is done through machine learning and an automated response to these threats. Exactly. And, and a big part of the automation is really comes down to that asset classification. Again, understanding how that device is being used because we understand that a automated response isn't always the right response. And so we can blend automation as well as sort of curated responses where a human sits in between um, the decision and the action. I think that's so important. In in the automation, especially with uh, the cloud, people are talking about automation of this, automation that. Well, what good is it if it automates a mistake? <laughs> exactly. And so we have that those risk capabilities built in because we understand that those are some of the limitations currently. And I think a, a nice thing about our solution is automation is the future. Our solution gives customers a path to get there that is risk adverse. And part of this is um, using machine learning to be able to make sense of all this tremendous amount of data coming into the system to understand all these devices because it, it can't be done physically. It's too many devices to handle. Definitely. And also, if you consider that with um, IoT devices, you often don't get insight into what's going on, 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 on in the device itself. So using um, the telemetry or the data that we're collecting from the network that surrounds the device, coupling that with machine learning, right, we can um, make security decisions at scale pretty quickly. Yeah. This whole concept of telemetry and real-time decisions, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, many of the people listening to this are have networks all throughout the whole world. So it's not a matter of sleeping or taking a dime or call you on Monday morning. It could happen anytime, anyplace. And so with new devices coming on every hour, every day. Yeah, definitely. I mean, automation is the future. I mean, not only from, uh, you know, a human resource uh, problem, but also like scale and speed, right? Having Being able to react to changes in a very quick uh, matter of time is, is paramount. I'd like to thank today's guest, Sebastian Shakir, security architect, Red River. I'm your moderator, John Gilroy, and you're listening to Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. For more on this discussion, visit federalnewsnetwork.com and search computer security. Thank you for listening to Federal Insights for December, sponsored by Red River on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network.
Better get Steve on the line. I think we have a hacker. Red River reimagines the possibilities of technology. With over 20 years' experience helping federal agencies and commercial enterprises strengthen their security posture, Red River has the expertise and solutions required to identify and remediate security risks to the data and systems that enable your mission. Today's security decisions aren't black and white. Think red. Visit redriver.com to learn more.